Vegas Nation podcast are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. Raider Nation, welcome back to Vegas Nation, First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news uh, and analysis. Uh, Before we get to our great co-host, Sam Gordon, just want to uh, remind you guys that Vegas Nation, all of our podcasts, are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal, Blue Wire, uh, and Liquid Death. And Sam Gordon, I am live from, uh, you know how you have like those bucket list items and all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Um, Right. So when I was a kid growing up, I used to always watch the East West Shrine game, um, college all-star game. Right. Um, you know, it was, it was in that in between, you know, the bowl games, the Super Bowl is coming, the playoffs have just sort of ended and you still are Jones and Fritzman football. Uh, and the East West Shrine game was always, you know, one that I looked forward to along with the senior bowl, which, um, is also, uh, this week, but the East West Shrine game now, uh, based in Las Vegas and I am at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, as we speak, uh, ready to uh, to to uh, take in this year's East West Shrine game. So a little bit of a bucket list, something that I remember watching as a kid, and here I am. It's always pretty special for us. We're l- lucky enough to be uh, able to have those kind of moments. Yeah, first full circle moment, Vinny, and of course uh, this week right represents um, a huge week in the NFL scouting calendar. Right, scouting opportunities, like you said, at the Shrine Bowl, of course, Raiders brass on hand during the week at East West Shrine Bowl practices, taking a look at. Several college prospects, and then, like you mentioned before, the Senior Bowl uh, going on as well. So, a game, uh, right, we're recording, what, about a little after 4 o'clock on Thursday. By the time uh, our listeners hear this, the game will probably be over. But, obviously, a lot to to start to pay attention to at this juncture, as with only one football game left in the 2022 season, uh, the majority of NFL teams transition uh, in the 2023, the Raiders not being the exception. And, again, a, a big night tonight at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, uh, and you know who played in this uh, game last year? Remind me. Brock Purdy played Ooh. in the East-West Shrine game last year. So just when you think, you know, ah, well, you know, yeah, uh, there's guys that are going to be in the NFL that are on this field, uh, that are going to be playing on this field tonight. And who knows, you know, where their journey might take them uh, from here. I'm really curious to see uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the former Bishop Gordon uh, standout, uh, UCLA in the last five years. Uh, he's going to be uh, here at this game, uh, including, you know, a, a whole bunch of other really good players. And you're right, Sam, this is an extremely important uh, scouting um you know, week uh, with the senior bowl going on in Mobile, Alabama, uh, the East West Shrine game here in Las Vegas. And uh, I know Dave Ziegler was here, the Raiders general manager uh, earlier in the week for the practices uh, here in Vegas. Uh, Then he got on an airplane and and headed over to Mobile, Alabama uh, to take in uh, the practices over the senior bowl, where, by the way, Patrick Graham, the Raiders defensive coordinator, uh, is the head coach of one of the teams down there. So, um, you know, this is the time of year where you start really putting the work in. I mean, there's been a lot of work with the scouts and whatnot, uh, but you really start drilling down over these next couple of months uh, for uh, a draft that, in the Raiders' case, sitting there with nine picks, it'll end up with 11 uh, when the comp- compensatory picks are added in. And you never know what they might get with Derek Carr. And you better believe we're going to get into some Derek Carr today. Um, how many picks they may end up with um, for, for draft weekend next April. But this is really an important uh, time of, of year. And it's so interesting, Sam, because sitting there with the seventh pick overall, um, it could go in so many different directions. And yeah. That includes the rest of the draft as well. But I think a lot of it, first and foremost, right, 
yeah. has to kind of be predicated on who's going to be at quarterback for the Raiders and who's going to be under contract for the Raiders at quarterback by the time draft weekend uh, unfolds in later April. Well, Tom Brady's retirement, Vinny, of course, Tom Brady announcing Wednesday morning that, that he is going to retire, says he was retiring for good. Short one-minute video posted to social media. Uh, changes some of the Raiders' plans, right, or at least some of their hopes. Uh, you had reported weeks ago that that Tom Brady was going to be uh, the primary focus this offseason and for obvious reasons, uh, right? But now, like you said, with that seventh pick and with where that stands – and with where the Raiders stand at quarterback, I think a lot of um, a super interesting decision that, that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are going to have to collectively make one that I think can go a number of different ways. And I think there's a compelling case for all the different options that the Raiders have available to them. But we know at this point now, right on Thursday afternoon, an hour and a half before the East West Shrine Bowl that you're at, that it won't be Tom Brady. It will not be Tom Brady. We found that out on Wednesday, and, and now things shake, <clears throat> shake out a little bit. Derek Carr, of course, is back in town for the Pro Bowl. The irony there that he's going to uh, f- finish his Raiders tenure uh, with with a Pro Bowl nod as, as one of the, the backup selections. So a lot of moving parts, right, as the Raiders and as the offseason unfolds for several teams around the NFL that need quarterbacks. The Raiders aren't the only ones. So with that being said, I think there are a lot of different ways that this thing can go because of how many quarterback needy teams there are and because of the options the Raiders are going to have afforded to them. Without question. And you know, Sam, I'm not going to uh, be, be coming on uh, Vegas Nation first and 10 without, you know, having talked to some people over the last 24 hours absolutely, or, or ever since Tom Brady, um, you know, uh, announced his retirement. And uh, so, you know, I, I feel like I can speak pretty confidently or intelligently let's just put it that way uh on 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 where things kind of stand right now yep. uh, a little bit with the raiders were they surprised um you know about tom brady's uh, uh announcement no they weren't and i could go all the way back to when the benching occurred of Derek carr because um you know we don't we're not talking about tom brady um at all unless Derek Carr uh, was benched and, and the Raiders made pretty much sent every signal that, that, you know, they were, they were done with Derek Carr. They're going to move on and, and, uh, and, and go in a different direction at quarterback, but going all the way back to that point when all that went down uh, was Tom Brady uh, on, on, you know, their radar. Yeah, absolutely. Um, of course he was on their radar for so many different reasons. Um, you know, he's the goat. Uh, he was probably going to be a free agent. Uh, there's a there's a, a built in connection with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, uh, you know, with all those years in New England. You've got kind of a ready made offense. Uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Waller, a lot of reasons for a veteran quarterback uh, to look at the Raiders who needed a quarterback uh, and to start making the connecting those dots. It was definitely something that was on the Raiders radar. But I can say this too, going all the way back to when those conversations were ha- happening. By no means did they think that any of that was going to be a slam dunk. Uh, and yeah. I'll explain why. And this was arti- articulated uh, uh, back then. One yeah. was the, the, the logistics of, of uh, Tom deciding, okay, um, you know, I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, move my family all the way to Las Vegas where, you know, a lot of his family, his family basically right now is based on the East Coast. There were some logistic issues uh, that could have made that problematic. Number two. There were certainly going to be other teams that were that would be involved if if Tom Brady became available. So the Raiders weren't going to be the only team uh, that was chasing him. And number three, which is what ended up happening at 45 years old, 
uh, coming off the season that he was coming off, coming off uh, following the season where he actually retired before, there was always the understanding that, hey, he might just hang him up, right? So, uh, and, and that's that's exactly what happened. So for those reasons, while he was on their radar, by no means um, did, did they have all their eggs in the Tom Brady uh, basket. And I know that I've seen some of this, Sam. Uh, oh, you know, the Raiders made a mistake. You know, they uh, they they cut or they, they, they you know, uh, moved on from Derek Carr. And now their top choice is no longer an option. They made a big mistake. Well, I think it would be a mistake to assume that. Those two moves or those two things were independent of each other. They didn't get rid of Derek Carr or move on from Derek Carr simply to move on to Tom Brady. They just wanted the, 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 the Derek Carr thing was unto itself. They were moving on from Derek Carr, regardless of who the uh, next quarterback was going to be, because that can't be defined yet and certainly wasn't going to be defined uh, in, in December when they made that move. So those are two different concepts. Moving on from Derek Carr was one uh, chip. Who they replaced him with was another, and there was by, by no means that they have, have any kind of certainty that it was going to be top Brady. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SCN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports. There's a new brand of water out there that looks just like tall boys of beer. On the latest Vegas Nation podcast, my guest thought it was malt liquor, but it's really a 22-ounce can of pure liquid refreshment. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three flavors. And it's called Liquid Death. Liquid Death's tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Did you know? Plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore, and more plastic than not goes just to the landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities. My favorite is the Liquid Death Severed line because it gives me that pick-me-up I need in the middle of the day when you feel like you're dragging and you won't make it to the final bell. But this is crisp and refreshing, and the taste perks me right up and gets me through my day. So go get Liquid Death at your local Smiths, Walmart, Sprouts, and Terrible stores, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash VegasNation. That's liquiddeath.com slash VegasNation. You presented, I think, with your report uh, a few weeks ago that came out before the end of the season, a number of different options, and I think it's probably fair at this juncture to maybe go over what some of those options at this point could be, right? We have seen Devontae Adams now teasing a possible reunion with Aaron Rodgers on social media, now on Twitter and on Instagram. Of course, the Adam Schefter report coming out on Sunday, ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting that, look, there's there's some real legs to this trade stuff with Aaron Rodgers. And if, if he uh, would be available, that would certainly seem to be a possibility, right? What about drafting a quarterback in the first round? You have a seventh, you have the seventh overall pick. Like you mentioned, 11 possible draft picks. Is there enough ammo in there to move up uh, to draft a quarterback or maybe trade back, wait around, hang around, try and find somebody in the second or third and, and have that, that young quarterback be behind a Jared Siddham or a Jimmy Garoppolo? That feels like an option as well. So it seems like there, there are going to be a, a, a number of options. And of course, the players are going to have some agency in where they end up and where they go as well. I think there are, again, so many quarterback needy teams that all these individuals in question might have multiple suitors. But as things currently stand, Vinny, how would you characterize 
the options that they have at quarterback and kind of the directions that they could go when trying to build this thing out moving forward into 2023 and potentially beyond. Yeah, uh, I, there's no doubt that Aaron Rodgers would be on their uh, radar, and a um, couple of different, a couple of uh, um, you know tidbits on that. All right, so Derek, Car- I mean uh, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers is owed roughly sixty million dollars next year. Uh, ironically, only about one point nine million dollars of that is in his salary for next year. Can you imagine that? Uh, the the fifty eight point change, uh, the or remainder of that, the bulk of that is in a uh, roster bonus that um you know whoever trades for him or if he stays in green bay gets exercised uh, sometime after march right when you're talking about bonuses in the nfl sam uh, those can be prorated uh, over the course of four years so the minute the bonus goes into effect divide that by four so 59 point whatever let's just say 59 million dollars right or 58 million dollars just get the uh, you know the the uh, the calculator out and define and, and divide that by four. The the um, number that that represents, the four increments that that uh, uh, represents, is what that means to your salary cap. So even though the Raiders or anyone else, for that matter, that trades for uh, Aaron Rodgers would owe him fifty nine million dollars and change for the twenty twenty three season. He would only represents about fifteen million dollars on your salary cap. I know it kind of kind of can get confusing. Yes, but it's very important because fitting him under your salary cap is a whole lot easier to do at fifteen million dollars uh, than sixty million dollars. Now, having said that, to trade for Aaron Rodgers, for any team to trade for Aaron Rodgers, first and foremost, they have to be sixty million dollars under the cap at the time that they execute the trade. That doesn't mean he's going to take up $60 million of your cap space. Because I said, once the bonus gets um, exercised, then you just split that for the next four years, including the $15 million that it's going to mean, or 14, whatever that's going to mean for 2023. So you can easily, the Raiders or anybody else, make a trade like that happen. Um, even You'll get $60 million under the cap. Look, once the Raiders cut or trade uh, Derek Carr, there's 30 something million dollars right there. They they're they're about 25 million dollars under the cap right now, the projected cap right now. It gets you pretty close. You can make some moves to get you to 60 million dollars under the cap in order to first accommodate a trade for uh, Aaron Rodgers. Then the salary cap stuff becomes really easy when you when you um, talk about prorating that bonus by 4 years. Here's where it gets a little tricky. No matter what it's looking like on your um, books in terms of the salary cap, the fact of the matter is you whoever trades for Derek Carr or uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Raiders included, still have to pay him $60 million in 2023. So that's $60 million of whatever your budget is, whatever Mark Davis or Stan Kroenke, whatever owner you want, Woody Johnson in New York, whatever budget your owner gives you for next season, right off the top, $60 million of that in cash, cold, hard cash is going to one player. That's the question that the Raiders and anyone else have to ask themselves is bringing in Aaron Rodgers, considering some of the holes that the Raiders have on their roster. Does it make sense to allocate $60 million to one player, uh, which obviously is going to impede you budgetarily wise, not necessarily salary cap wise, but budgetarily wise from what your owner is telling you you can spend in order to, you know, uh, adjust the, uh, does that make sense? And I'd ask you, (laughs) Does that make sense to you? It's a great question, Vinny. Um, it, it is a great question for a, a number of reasons. If you were to ask me this 
in, say, 2021, um, after coming off of an MVP season that Aaron Rodgers had in 2020 or even this past year after coming off of an MVP season in 2021? You'd ask me a year ago at this time, I would say absolutely, right? Um, But, and again, look, circumstances in Green Bay have changed. There's no denying that. Devontae Adams not there. So that's a huge loss. A younger receiving core around Aaron Rodgers. There's going to be some lumps. We understand that. But for the first time in quite some time, Vinny, I thought, you know, he's going to be 40 in December, and I thought we saw some signs of decline. He didn't have a 300-yard passing game this year. That, despite being in a division with two of the worst defenses in the league, the Vikings and the Lions, and the other team in that division is the Bears. It wasn't like they were in a loaded division, and he still had probably the worst statistical season of his career, which was not a bad year by any means. But, again, considering the $60 million payment that he is due, you you have to weigh that in. You have to weigh that under consideration. Again, like you said, the holes on the roster, um, there are quite a few of them. You, you, the, the offensive line was solid. I think it could still use a little bit of an upgrade. It's not necessarily the priority. But defensively, there are upgrades needed at all three levels. And in order to acquire Aaron Rodgers beyond the $60 million price tag, you are also looking at draft picks, right? Potentially first round picks, because if there are other teams interested, maybe this creates a bidding war and you're going to have to give up a lot of draft compensation. So it is definitely to me, Vinny, that is a a win. Now that is the most aggressive move that the Raiders could make. Um, That is an absolute win. Now move that you would be betting on the change of scenery, reuniting with Devontae Adams, maybe some tweaks, not quite the amount of tweaks that you would be able to make if you had more cap space per se, but nonetheless, some tweaks on the roster uh, and you would be rolling the dice that Aaron Rodgers can rediscover that 2020, 2021, that MVP form, that form that we have seen from Aaron Rodgers. The thing is, he's going to be 40, and that is far from a certainty, right? Until Tom Brady came along and had four or five unbelievable seasons into his 40s, like it was not a shock to see a quarterback start to decline in their late 30s. And that's what we saw a little bit from Aaron Rodgers. So it's a tremendous risk. With that being said, does it have present probably the most upside? Yeah, because if Aaron Rodgers still has some MVP football left in him, then that obviously that level of play mitigates roster issues that you have as it has throughout his entirety, his entire career in Green Bay. So that is, I think, kind of the risk war that you are looking at balancing and looking at managing. Right. I think you also have to consider Devontae Adams is in his prime. You have other players on this roster, uh, highly paid players, a Darren Waller, a Hunter Renfro, a Max Crosby on the defensive side of the ball that are in their respective primes. You know, it's riskier bringing in a young quarterback and having to sell more of a rebuild and a, more of a slower process to your fan base. I do think based on how the year finished, an upgraded quarterback and even some tweaks on the roster, a lot of those games were close. Maybe you're in a different position and can still go about building out your defense and building out other holes on your roster without having to, to, to allocate $60 million and draft capital. But, you well, know, if the wait, way- real quick, real quick, because you raised some really interesting points and I want to get this out before I forget about the old man that I am. Yeah, Look, if you put Aaron Rodgers on the Raiders roster last season, we might have asked this question last week about Tom Brady. I don't remember. But if you put Aaron Rodgers on the roster, just you just trade Derek Carr for Aaron Rodgers. Do you feel like they're in a better position to win some of those close games that they lost? Absolutely. I think okay, you're in so a better that, I think right? you're in a better position. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. But how much does the ceiling I, I mean again, I think in th- theoretically because of what we've seen from Aaron Rodgers, because of his historical greatness, there is theoretically a ceiling that he could rediscover in 2023 that we might not have seen in 2022. But but there is, I think, some risk associated to it, Vinny. And, of course, it handicaps the way 
that you're able to build out the rest of your team. So there are cases for it. Obviously, again, he he you this is that is the highest because of his track record, because of who he is. I think that is the highest upside move. But I think to me, you are doubling down on winning right now, maximizing this roster, this window, and you're not going to be able to address every hole if you do that. So it's a compelling it's a compelling question to ask, and it's a compelling decision that not only the Raiders but other teams around the NFL are going to have to put themselves in positions to make. I think there would be a general assumption that if they if they you know swung and missed or whatever the case or decided not to go the veteran quarterback route, I think the assumption would be that they would either use the seventh pick overall uh, to to sign to, to draft a quarterback or maybe even get aggressive and move up in the draft to get whether it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or, or Will Levis, right? And that remains a possibility. I could confidently say that, but I don't think that the Raiders are there yet where they've fallen in love with somebody enough to say, we have to get this guy with the seventh pick, or if we don't feel like he's going to be there at seven, we have to uh, trade up to go get him. And that's what it's going to take, Sam. And I point you to the 2011 draft. I don't know if you remember that draft. Cam Newton was the first pick overall. Great player, obviously. There were J.J. Watt was taken in that trade. Tyron Smith, the great offensive tackle from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Patrick Peterson, Vaughn Miller. Uh, there were a bunch of guys. Uh, uh, A.J. Green was in that draft. Julio Jones was in that draft. A bunch of great players were taken were take in the top 10, top 10, top 11 picks. You know who else was picked in that draft in the top 10? And right outside the 10, <laughs> Jake Locker was taken in the top 10. Blaine Gabbert was taken in the top 10. This is going to hurt you, I know. Christian Ponder was taken with the 12th pick. So here's the thing about all that. Just because C.J. Stroud, and I'm not taking any, I'm not taking any shots because I don't know what the Raiders or anyone else thinks of any of these guys, right? I'm just naming the top three guys that are available. Just because Bryce Young, just because C.J. Stroud, just because Will Levis. Uh, throw Anthony Richardson in there. Just because they're considered the top prospects in this draft doesn't necessarily mean they're worthy of a top 10 pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because Jake Locker and Blaine Gabbert and Christian Ponder uh, were the best quarterbacks in that draft outside of CJ, uh, outside of Cam Newton, obviously they they were not good, right? So that's what the Raiders want to avoid. They don't want to like just do something just because. Well, we need a quarterback, and we didn't get the veteran quarterback. Tom Brady retired. We we were shut out of uh, of of um, you know uh, Jimmy G and anybody Aaron Rodgers. So we have to draft a quarterback, and that's what they're going to do. I think that that would be a mistake. And I know talking to people, they don't want to make that mistake. So that's something that while it's a possibility, don't be surprised if it doesn't play out like that on draft weekend. Well, on top of that, Vinny, even beyond that, right, the drafting a quarterback, it's an inexact science. Like, you just gave a couple examples of guys that were top 10 picks in the 2011 draft. I mean, how about Zach Wilson? He was a top three pick. That's That, that, didn't, that hasn't worked out. And how about Brock Purdy? He was the last pick of the NFL draft. And granted, he inherited and, and walked into an excellent situation. But when he was available, he was really good. And he stepped right in and even gave that offense a, a little bit different of a dynamic with some of his mobility. So the draft is a very inexact science. And I'm with you that, you know, the, the, the roster with where it's presently constructed, if you don't take a quarterback in the first round of the draft, that wouldn't. A, preclude the, preclude the Raiders from taking one. Maybe a little later on, second, third round, that can develop. Or next year, you know, kicking the can down the road if you're not in love with somebody in this year's draft class. Because, again, there's a lot of 
There are still a lot of other holes on this roster. And the seventh overall pick, you can find a a great player. Or, you know, who knows what develops closer to the draft. You trade back, add another pick, add another uh, important pick. The Raiders certainly at a, are not at a place where they're going to say no to other premium draft capital. I wouldn't think uh, unless they're absolutely in love with somebody at seven. So I think there's, of course, again, still a lot of things um, to unfold. But but as far as the rookie quarterback is concerned, there, there's no guarantees. You know, for every Justin Herbert, uh, there is a Zach Wilson, right? There There is a lot of uncertainty that comes with with hitting on a rookie, you know, with drafting a rookie quarterback. And yeah, if you hit and you get a Joe Burrow, a franchise type guy, um, or or a Trevor Lawrence, you know, you have an opportunity to, to adjust your team in a different way. But of course, there are no guarantees that that's going to happen. And, and there are still holes on this roster that I think you, that you can fill uh, with with premium draft capital that if you don't uh, use a pick for a quarterback. Absolutely. So still a lot to sort out, um, a, a lot going on, uh, you know, with, with Derek Carr um, and, and, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, there's a, there's a deadline coming up in just over a week. That February 15th deadline is, is looming. I know the Raiders want to trade Derek Carr. Um, I, I, I think I can confidently say that Derek Carr wants to get traded because that keeps his current contract uh, intact. So, um, uh, but you know, it's gotta, it's gotta be uh, something he's got to sign off on. Um, the interest has to be there. Uh, from what I understand, the interest has been somewhat lukewarm uh, right now for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens over this next week. And by the way, Derek Carr, uh, I think as we speak is, is part is taking part in the skills contest of the uh, pro bowl. He made the pro bowl this year uh, as an alternate and is expected to be on the field on Sunday when the uh, when the Pro Bowl games uh, unfold, including that the, the flag football game. Um, and that's a whole other issue because there's $40 million that could potentially be at stake. If he gets hurt in that game, uh, the Raiders would be on, a, on the hook for a lot of money. So um, I'm wondering if we get to the uh, to, to Sunday, if, if, if Derek Carr is still on the Raiders roster by that point. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely, Vinny, and a, a, a great thing, um, a great point because a lot of a lot of moving parts. That was certainly an unexpected uh, development, right? An unexpected development, but with the way the dominoes fall, the irony that Derek Carr uh, is back at Allegiant Stadium, where where everything kind of started for him here a few years ago. So uh, certainly another layer to this whole quarterback situation that the Raiders find themselves in here at the, the first week of February with the Super Bowl uh, a mere, what, 10 days away, 11 days away. You know, uh, interesting times to say the least. <clears throat> I think we're going to have uh, some movement here fairly soon. Maybe by the time we reconvene uh, next week, uh, Sam, and who knows, maybe we're going to have to do a uh, emergency podcast mm. uh, somewhere uh, in between that. Just, uh, just planting that seed uh, right now. But until then, I just want to tell everybody, thank you for uh, supporting us. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for hitting the like button. I want to say thanks to Larry Muir, our great uh, producer. And, uh, you know, thanks for uh, working some magic. You know what I'm talking about, Larry, uh, today. And uh, Sam Gordon, thank you so much. Always doing a great job. Um, enjoy the week. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely, Vinny. We'll see you out there this weekend. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports.